This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. T. Earl Grey, hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated TNG show. I'm Daniel Prue, sitting in the right of center chair this week, joined by my co-host, Captain Darren Halloway. Now, Captain Darren, why is it that we never get to actually see your face? What's going on? Are you trying to hide something? Um, unfortunately, I have this paranoia that I've been rewritten from history. So I figure if no one can remember me by seeing my face, then I'm safe. Because that, that makes total sense, right? So you just, you, what do you do? You hide in your ready room all day? Is that, is that what goes well, on? Well, see, first thing I did was I put the ready room on the right side of the bridge. That throws them off. And because uh, nobody ever goes through that door, right, right, right. All right, all right. That that's actually a really good plan. But instead makes- of a lionfish, I have a tiger shark. Oh, whoa! All right. Well, I, you know, I will actually not go the entire those doors. other other you know room. What used to be the ready room? That's his tank. Because I mean, <laughs> a tiger shark's way bigger than a lionfish. So, like, imagine if the Enterprise D bridge was like one of those like sandals resorts or whatever, and like the dome was just an aquarium. And you, I'm going to be putting in a flowing fish. river soon. <laughs> exactly, that would be pretty awesome, actually. Uh, okay, and uh, well, you know, heading down, uh, I guess maybe to ten forward. But we also have with us uh, Domjot Sector 001 champion, Nausikin Philip Gilfus. Philip, why is it that you can seemingly beat everybody at Domjot because... Gilfus, Gilfus, <laughs> Because Gilfus. everybody seems too afraid to play you. Oh, you talk and talk and talking because human like Domjot? Uh, well, I, I, I guess. Oh, did your little co-host have to help you? <laughs> no, I don't think he did. He's Can you not take me like... on your own in Dom Jot? I, I guess I could try. Please talk like this the entire episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Oh, so... co-hosts make little jokes. <laughs> oh, ho, ho. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, you know what we're going to do this time is we're going to we're going to coming back around again to a, another commentary episode. And I thought it'd be really fun to do Tapestry. We've talked about Tapestry here and there quite a bit, you know, in our Q episode, in our Picard episode, and in our Season 6 episode. We've talked about it quite a bit, actually, but, you know, I'd like to actually just really dig into the meat of the episode. It's, I mean, it's one of my favorites, for sure. Now, and question. Did we do this Q episode because it's the only episode of Q that you can remember the title of? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Philip, I always remember the, the other non-Q integrated Q titled episodes, which are Encounter at Farpoint and uh, best, uh, wait, wait, oh, no, 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 I can't remember it. Um, the finale, all good things. Um, so I can remember those titles as well. Thank you, Philip. But yes, this is basically the reason why we're doing it. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, Best know, of Both Worlds is kind of, I mean, it is his fault. 
It so, really is. It's a direct you, result I, I, of Q's. We action. would allow it. The judges would allow it. I appreciate. You mean Judge Q from the from Encounter at Farpoint, which I just remembered off the top of or my head. Or all good things. Or <laughs> all good things. Exactly. <laughs> Your memory so, is amazing, Daniel. I uh, thank you. I, I I appreciate it. Um. So yes, you guys, uh, our listeners, you should queue up uh, this uh, episode. I see it's, what you did there. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't even see what I did there until just a second ago. <laughs> yes, cue up this episode. Uh, this is season six, episode fifteen. Um, cue it up on your Netflix, on your DVD. If I guess you're from the Stone Age, I don't know who watches DVDs anymore. Um, or put, if you put, bought the VHS for like what twenty bucks exactly, back in the day each. Exactly. Uh, with uh, but they had two episodes, and I'm not sure what came before or after this episode. But it could have been a good. It could have been a solid VHS. Face of the them. Enemy was right before this. Oh, that would have been a solid so. two parter right there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, cue up, uh, cue this up, guys, and we'll we'll start. Um, let me give you a countdown here. You guys are ready as well, right? So we are going to start this episode in three, two, one, and play. Previously, Ooh, things are happening. What's going look, look, on? Hang on, guys, guys. This is a room full of blue shirts. Oh, this is my, my dream right now. <laughs> wow, oh no, we're be- who's beaming in? Activate the all GMH. the non-blue shirts. <laughs> exactly, exactly. The, oh, the, it's the non-blue Star- shirts. The episode can begin now. <laughs> Star Trek cannot have two. The ratio can't be off by too much. Like, oh look, and so- the red shirts hurt. Oh wait, that's Picard. Oh my oh, goodness. No. <laughs> so he spilled some sort of French and onion soup on his uniform. Like, why is that such a big deal? I don't know. Like, I'm totally gonna take over now. This is finally <laughs> the time. <laughs> like your what you know your injury looks bad Picard my head scar looks amazing <laughs> <laughs> Ogawa has oh. got to be in this room I didn't notice her in the opening shot but she she must be in this room right they had like six what? blue shirts there's no oh, way she's not man in. okay guys she's going right to cortical stimulators that means it's okay. really bad it's yeah. yeah clear so are they zapping like energy through his brain is that brain. what's happening at this point <laughs> that's right Really, you would think they should concentrate on the big hole in his chest, but um, <laughs> no, I you know. I, I mean, if it's eating away like an acid, like shouldn't they maybe take off the guys? Guys, Picard's ascended. The Picard has ascended. <laughs> Is he meeting the prophets? Actually, look, there's a prophet over there. <laughs> It is the exact same set, I'm sure, that they used for this, you know. You mean this, where they yes. just turn up the lights a lot? That's the set, yeah. <laughs> How do you That's think it. Picard would have responded to the prophets differently than Cisco would have? That would have been a really you... interesting episode, actually, but... Oh, goodness, it's Q. Oh. <laughs> so we do this get the, the better... We do get the better god creature, I think, for sure. God-like being. The god-like being. Uh, Q, I think Q is a little more interesting like, than the prophets. Are you the scarecrow? <laughs> <laughs> We've all been the scarecrow. <laughs> but, yeah, I remember reading on uh, Memory Alpha that, you know, like that opening shot where Q is pretty much washed out, that they were worried. They had to shoot it very carefully because he's wearing a white... He's wearing Spock's robe from Star Trek Four <laughs> in a white background. So, you know, it's very easy to wash out. And he's white. And he's white, yeah. <laughs> and both of those both of those actors are, are pretty white people, right? You know, essentially. Yeah. But that would be interesting to intercut shots of that scene with like 
uh, Emma's, you know, from Emissary. So it looks like Cisco's <laughs> talking with Picard. Yeah, that would be great. Well, hey, actually, Trek FM listeners, get on that. We need a, a fan cut pronto. Because an Emissary Picard is, or, you know, one of the prophets does portray Picard. That's right. That's true. Oh, my goodness. I forgot completely about that. <laughs> because, you know, Cisco you know, loves Picard. <laughs> oh, yeah. They get along real great. So th- then, oh, interesting, right? Uh, so now I just, like, my mind just draws all these connections at this point, right? So, so essentially, it's possible in some way, in some science fiction possible way, we could write it that the prophets have been assimilated. Right? Maybe Picard left like a nano something behind and all of the prophets were assimilated. I don't know. My mind goes oh, in crazy that's places. Right. Was it the prophets were assimilated? <laughs> well, Lacutus was a prophet too, because I'm trying to remember too. Yeah, well, because I don't think he, he was. He's on the view oh, screen. maybe he was. He might have been. No, he. I think he was just featured like as the warning. Like, Oh, they're holding hands. Oh, never mind. Yes. So we're back now to, Tap the, to, the, <laughs> to the actual episode. I told you. This is the afterlife, and I'm God. <laughs> See, that's when you know Q must be lying because he gave a straight answer. <laughs> and also, can I, you know, now that we're just we're just talking about this here, and we've got these two people here, I actually think it's 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 important to mention. I really do feel like the next generation struck lightning in a bottle, essentially twice in a way, um, with the casting of Patrick Stewart as Captain Picard and John Delancey as Q. You know what I mean? Like, I know uh, John Delancey was kind of, he, I think he was essentially written, he, he was filled in into the, the pilot episode. and But, like, he was so beloved and, and did such a great job that he came back. And now we here we are six years later. Um, <gasps> Daddy Picard. Oh, Daddy Picard. <laughs> I just think it's amazing we get this great scene between these two characters. And they're just really amazing actors. And we really get to see how far they've, They've come and just like their talent on show here at this point. Oh yeah, no, it's it's a it's a really good really good scene. Now, does Picard think that's his real dad or not? He was confused by Mima in Where No Man Has Gone Before, <laughs> uh-huh. so it's 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 definitely possible that you know. Wait, I just wait, think. Are, are you, you know. saying that not only is all of Picard's missions hallucinations, but both of his parents are too? <laughs> maybe who knows right <laughs> although hey guys i've been watching these lower titles and <laughs> i just saw the director this is directed by les lando uh the greatest trek director ever because <laughs> he alone was responsible for star trek the next generation an interactive vcr <laughs> board game a klingon challenge yes Experience Bij because of this man. Darren, go to stasis and experience Bij. <laughs> right now, Picard no. is experiencing Bij. <laughs> so, before we get to the actual scenes here, we should mention that, of course, this is a direct result uh, of the story that Picard told Wesley while they were having sandwiches and tea uh, in the in the shuttlecraft. That's right. In the episode. Wait, wait. Some- wait. Is this what continuity feels like, Daniel? Because <laughs> it sure feels like continuity. It, it, it is. This a is a bright se- light. <laughs> this is a season two to season six continuity here, where where there was a story that Picard told Wesley um, in the shuttlecraft on his way to his entrance exam. I believe. No, no, no. It's on the way to Picard's update. Pic- well, Picard's he, surgery his and his, his, his right, right, right. Um, 
And um, the, it, it's amazing what comes out of that. Like, well, I'm sure at, later on we'll talk about the, the the backstory, kind of the writing history to this to this episode because it's actually really fascinating and kind of complicated how it it started out as an idea and changed and changed and changed. But it's really amazing to actually get to see, especially that moment. The, it's a really poignant moment in the story when Picard is talking about. I was stabbed Picard by this hair. Moss Young again. Picard has hair. Young Picard has hair. There it is. There it is, everyone. <laughs> that I mean, that can't be Young Picard. How would we know <laughs> that that's Young Picard? Right. And, and in this moment here, we're about to see him get stabbed. And, and one of the best parts of that episode was him saying, I, I looked down and I saw the blade through my chest and I laughed. And this is and that moment, is. and we get to see it, and that's so cool. Like so many times in in you know in fiction, we hear these backstories, and we don't necessarily get to see them, especially in the same way where the where the character actually gets to relive it. Also, yeah. real quick, this character is wearing the Wrath of Khan jacket without. The ridiculous. Are we going to see uh, the collar? No, I'm, I'm trying to collar, stare to see yeah. if I see it. I know. Yeah. I should have been paying attention for the fool. <laughs> Knife in the back. Oh, no. Yeah, there's his collar. Yeah, Just, no, well, yeah. He's not wearing the puffy. Yeah, he doesn't puff, have the puffy the shirt. Puff. It's, yeah. So it's like the Enterprise C where yeah. they had the maroon jacket, but no under. It was warm, so they had, you know, they didn't, was they it, didn't have that Was it spatial on. warming? Because that theory I always thought I never believed Sp- in. So It's called uh, subspace change, okay? <laughs> it's not spatial warming. It's, it's just a phase. I, the galaxy goes through it, and I don't think we have to stop using warp drive. Um, but well, is it, this, Doesn't this episode go to our theory that we've developed over the year that, that basically um, young Kirk... And old, you know, there's young Kirk, and old Kirk is Picard, and Picard is Kirk when he's young. Wow, yeah. wow, that was a bit of a scene change with yeah. the slap. Wow, and Wait, it's this actually the show the slap. It's because uh, I'm I'm noticing we're almost we're almost nine minutes into this episode, and now we're just getting into the meat of it. Like that was all kind of exposition, kind of like this is where we're going with it. Now, okay, so obviously we're, you know, for people who haven't seen this episode and are interested, you know, we're in the past and apparently now Picard is reliving times of his youth at Starfleet Academy. But I'm, I had a question for you guys, what you thought. I mean, we, we just saw, you know, the actor who played young Picard in the little, you know, scene in the, in the ethereal plane. And we've seen other actors play young Picard, like in Rascals. Would you guys have been okay with like a, another actor actually playing a young Picard, or did it have to be Patrick Stewart in this in this episode? Oh, I see what you're saying. It would have been well, it would have been distracting. Like, I mean, sort of. This is basically this episode is precluded to use an actor in the in the Star Trek world on the uh, quantum leap effect, um, where Doctor <laughs> Sam Beckett appears. <laughs> Um, as himself, Wait, yeah. so is, very true. Q is is Al. What you mean, in this episode? Appears. <laughs> so. I am sorry. I am sorry. Like this is what I do. I just told you I make connections as soon as people start doing things. So now I'm picturing Captain Archer taking Captain Picard's place <laughs> in this universe. Like when he just jumps from body to body. But Q, no. <laughs> what am I doing here? Let's ask the computer. Hey, and that you know what? That would give. And then it appears as a hologram in front <laughs> of him and his Majel Barrett. And that would give the Enterprise fans the leverage over these are the voyages that they've always wanted, 
really. I mean, come on. Plus, he would have been cool if he looked in the mirror and saw Young yeah, Picard. Yeah, oh, exactly. I mean, everything. that's just that's 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 a lost no, opportunity actually, right there. To answer your question, um, I, I it, it serves the story for Picard to be Picard the whole story, and it makes right. sense. It only gets weird and really weird and kind of creepy when he like sleeps with the girl. Like that's really strange because she turns so- into Q whoa, whoa, in the whoa, morning. Hold on, <laughs> Daniel. Hold on. The expert of twenty fourth century relationships. Why would no, okay, that be okay, strange? You're, no, you're, uh, Philip, you just called me out, and I will rescind my statement and say, you know what? If they're two consenting adults, they should be what they should be able to do. They're they from different do. times. She, she is a college He's a graduate. captain from the okay. 24th century. Is, okay, but it is weird because she thinks he's uh, a younger man, and he's not. That's why it's weird. So I will state that. And because... They were being watched the whole time, and Picard knew it, and she didn't. So that's a little. And he strange also ends too. up with in bed with Q. But I mean, I don't want. I don't want to jump <laughs> over here. <laughs> well, see, now, I like how. I just to say that like how Q is basically saying, if you change this past, nothing. You know, galaxies aren't going to explode. Things are going to be terrible. Yet, at the series finale, doesn't Picard's actions directly impact, like you know, the creation of life on Earth? I would say that would be important. Well, I almost feel like Q is basically like, for anyone watching this episode, everyone's going to be like, push up glasses. Look, this would change history. And he's like, oh, no, it's not. Okay, magic wizard wand. Nothing's going to affect it there. He literally has a wizard wand. Yes. (laughs) But it is. And, and, uh, you know, we'll talk about this later. I don't want to get too in-depth on it now. But it is an interesting, it's an interesting idea. If what you never, like, if what you did your whole life never really mattered, where would you be? Kind of, you know what I mean? Like we know Picard's important. He's he's oh, yeah. he he does he serves a really essential function in the Federation. Um, but he, what would it be like if Picard was a normal schmuck? You know, a normal schmo, a normal or Barkley. Uh, that's what we used. Yeah, <laughs> Sean Luke Picard, right? Like, what would it be like if he was just John Luck instead of you know Jean Luc? And it's. It's, it's an interesting thought experiment at the very least. And that's why really I think the most important takeaway from this episode is, is this actually happening or is this not? But we'll get to that later. Well, and Let's I mean, talk. I mean, go to ahead, me, go this, ahead. Whole, this whole character of Picard, I mean, you know, because there are some critics, believe it or not, of Picard, you know, who say he's this stuffy guy. He's not relatable. He's not close to his crew, like you know, like the other captains and and all this stuff. But but I, you know, when you look at this evolution of the character, which this episode shows, you know, it it kind of pulls it all together. Yeah, and and we get the stark, like we talked about in our generations reviews, like we get the stark difference between the Kirk character and the Picard character. Like you said, it's almost like a reverse role where one starts out kind of uh, bucking authority and, and and not caring and then and then learning to develop responsibility and the other one is more like no 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 I've got to take this too seriously and I've got to and, and then eventually learns kind of how to let loose so and unlike Kirk Picard can remember the name of all the women he's been around with <laughs> <laughs> to be fair they're pro- most of them are probably in human tongue so that's why <laughs> Picard can remember and when you say human tongue, never mind. <laughs> and, but I mean, and, we've been talking again, for for. I, I mean, I, one more one more continuity point. It's a future continuity point. Remember, in Star Trek Insurrection, he says he's always been attracted to older women. Both of the women that he, Corlina and then Penny, are both you know older women than than young Ensign Picard in this episode. 
Is this a redress of the... Oh my god, hang on. Is, that is this corks? a redress of Cork's bar? <laughs> I never even noticed that, but I think I'm pretty sure that's a redress of Cork's bar right there. Like they just threw up a wall? <laughs> yeah. And they turned on the fog machine, of course. They turned on yeah. the uh, uh, yesterday's Enterprise lighting. The past machine. And also her hair is some sort of alien creature. It must be at this point, right? She's Regellian, apparently. Interesting. Very interesting. I, I'm pretty sure that's got to be Quark's bar. It has to be. Yeah, it's got to be. Cards moves. <laughs> Pull your foot out of your mouth, Picard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the best line. I think you're a very handsome woman. And she like, pulls out her Klingon knife and just guts him right there. Handsome is old fashioned to us now. It like that would be a faux pas to say here in the oh, you drink know. to the face. <laughs> oh, yeah. drink to the face. And that's only one of two. <laughs> Spoilers. What is this? Is this like achievement? <laughs> like a Gene, you've unlocked drinking face. Congratulations. And see, this is what makes me like the episode better now, is that essentially. Q has replaced Quark. <laughs> would, oh yeah, I would watch that. Now, if he if he was like a Q Ferengi, that would be even better. So he's a Q Ferengi Quark. Quark. <laughs> so okay, if I remember correctly, okay. guys, and <laughs> don't go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, is that a Soleil? There was a reptilian there. It was a Soleil, right? Isn't that from? Let's so see. The, oh yeah, that's totally quarks. Oh yeah, that definitely is actually. And the, no, no, and and the that's the Dabo right table there. right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that guy's new. By the way, you look like <laughs> this guy looks like a. Red <laughs> okay. Anyways, um, what I wanted to ask was, like, oh, man, I don't know. It, it just, it's kind of. Sorry, I'm now I'm paying well, attention to this scene. Well, also, I'm looking at the, the color uniforms that Picard and his two friends all have different colors, Joe. So just for, like, okay, because, like, uh, the redhead is in yellow. Um, the girl's in gray, and, and you know, Picard's in white. So I guess I'm going to guess white's command. Yellow is, like, engineering. But what's gray? Is, she, is that, like, science or blue, basically, of this era? Well, I was looking at the times because it, it's right around the time of the Enterprise C, the Enterprise C would actually launch five years after this flashback. So, <laughs> oh, the Duskids are the best. <laughs> the Picard just... was hoping for a posting on the Enterprise. That's actually really interesting well, that the that there was five years after this episode. Yeah. So, so right now there's no Enterprise. There's no ship Enterprise right now. This is in the gap. Everyone's or actually no, no, no. Sorry, oh, well, the Enterprise well, B is still out there. The, oh, no, but the no, no, C well, hasn't been launched for five more years. Oh, you're saying the C doesn't launch for five years? Yeah, yeah this Picard is in is 23, like 27, and 23, um, 32 is when the Enterprise C launches. So, uh, well, so for all we know, we don't even know what happened to the B. We don't, so it's possible that it could be out there, it could not be out there. Most yeah. likely what happened was the B crashed a day before the C launched, and they just happened <laughs> to have an extra ship around. They <laughs> That's could just exactly put a C on. what happened. <laughs> And then now, so, Phillip, you know, the the core of engineer has to go out and paint the giant letter on the you know it was going to be the Yorktown C, but unfortunately, <laughs> Philip, let me ask you a question since you brought it up. Mm -hmm. Is this guy really accurately representing redheads here? You mean that? I mean, we, he seems uh, like that. We he does cheat? seem. Yeah, I mean that's pretty accurate. He seems like the Ron Weasley of the group. I mean, really, that I mean that's kind of what he, he is. Look poor. 
I mean, that is not a hand-me-down, mar- you know, maroon uniform. And that stick he's using does not look like a broken wand uh, you know, with duct tape over it. So, If he tried to hit the dom job ball, it would smack him in the <laughs> eye or something. Like, barking everywhere. <laughs> That's funny. Wait, wait, wait. So does that mean, does that mean Picard's scar for his heart is the Harry Potter scar? That's and exactly that right. Hermione That's exactly- is the girl. It's so exactly yeah, exactly the girl. Yeah. And and just like the books, Harry should have ended up with Hermione. Yeah. Okay, here's some more time trivia. So, the supposedly the Enterprise B was lost in 2329, which is two years after this. But this just the next year after this flashback, 2328 is when Cardassia annexed Bajor, because remember they had. And ex Bajor for like 50 years or 50 so. 50 years, it was about. Yeah. So. Now, I'm in so, a. I'm in I'm totally paying your... attention to the episode, guys. I'm not just peering through no, my no, history. No, no, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> well, like, and isn't. I remember in a Deep Space Time in season four right now, my rewatch, isn't Jake supposed to be a Dom Jot, you know, expert? <laughs> they mention so, it, right? So this, this game so, does survive. So we should talk. There's two things we should talk about while this scene's going on. First of all, Domjot and the Nausicans, right? The Nausicans are kind of like, I think, like hair metal band aliens. Like that's what they're supposed to be. Okay. Now, how, are they, how are they fun would it have been if the instead of the Kazon, we had had uh, Nausicans in Voyager? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Nausicans are cooler than Kazon. I think, I mean, I, I think most people like Nausicans. Pretty much anything but... is cooler than Kazon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. Which one has to take longer to do their hair in the morning? Oh, that's a good, well, oh, well, mm, that's a good question. It, uh, I don't know. Uh, now, this guy is acting very Tom Paris-y. Are we sure he's not Tom Paris? <laughs> Wait, I, I think of him more as a Locarno, since we're in Next Generation. Yeah. That's what that's yeah. he's around here. He's totally in the Locarno family, I mean. Yeah. But we should also mention Domjot guys, which looks like a combination of pool and pinball. Is that is that what's going on there? Like you try to bounce it off of things and and then get it into. Um... I mean, well, I've I've seen games like that. We had a friend's house who had a little. It was like it's like bumper pool, and it yeah. had these it had these little like you know in a in like a symmetrical pattern these little bumpers, and you had to try to get. I mean, I had. Like they weren't actually there to teach it to us, so all we had was like one color ball and another color ball, and like the the table, and so we just kind of made up our own rules because we didn't know how to play. But it was pretty cool. much dom jot. I think I have it figured out, guys. This is basically what we're gonna call synth the hall pong. Um, <laughs> oh, that's what dom jot is. <laughs> so everyone is goes dom jot. <laughs> dom one jot the... and Ch- and Jalad at Tanagra. <laughs> Tanagra. One of the big takeaways of this episode to me, especially with Picard and how he's dealing with the situation is like, you know, this is not a big revelation. This is what the episode is trying to tell you. But it's it's the fact that like you might think like you would go back in time and change everything in your life. But you did what you did for a reason. Things happened and maybe you made mistakes. But, you know, it, it was what you were at the time. And, like, he was just trying to tell Corey, his best friend, no, 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 we're, we're you know, we're, we're graduates now. We don't, we, we're so responsible. We don't do this kind of stuff. And and he's just like, dude, like, why are you all of a sudden a wet blanket, man? Like, you know, we're, square. 
It's yeah, exactly, and it's like we're not like captain of the Federation. You know, most important. Here it is. Ship. Here's the best line, guys. Oh, here it is. Here, here it is. is. Yep. Yeah. John Luck Pickard. Pickard. <laughs> and Q's wearing a bow tie. They survived to the 24th century. By the way, Philip, since you mentioned it earlier, she assumes that Picard is getting sent flowers from a lady friend. <laughs> And it's totally okay that she he's getting flowers from a woman. This is tw- this is twenty fourth oh, century romance right here. I totally why did why no one ever sends me flowers? I'm just bringing that up to this podcast. So <laughs> if you just uh, email me, at, oh, wait. <laughs> okay, guys. So I've looked back in the uh, uniform code, and in the twenty three thirties, it's so hard to tell. Like which decade we're talking about, because <laughs> it changes a lot between the twenty second century and the twenty two thirties. But in okay, in the twenty in the twenty three thirties, sciences is white, engineering is like green, and command is like silver. But in the twenty second century, which is probably more what this is, command is orange. So that would mean orange hair guy is is command. Uh, Darren, operation, operations is red, and I, I don't know. It's it's hard to tell exactly. Darren, Darren, what what century do you consider yourself a part of right now? Which we're in what? 20, we're, what century do you consider yourself a part of right now? Well, it's not talking about the centuries. It has like a decade listed. Oh, oh right, but you said I, you said that 20s, this is twenty second. <laughs> yeah, you said this was the twenty thirties or the twenty two thirties, and you said it was right. Which is the tw- well, yeah. It goes from twenty second century, and then it says twenty two thirties. So that's what's hard to tell. <laughs> well, gee, mom, I'm just gonna have to tell those Nazis <laughs> that I don't care if they cheat me. Well, I mean, this and this really is interesting. Like, like you know, Picard just wasn't like oh, uh, you know, like a regular eighteen year old. Like he was an uber crazy eighteen year old. Like, yeah, because you you kind of hear him, like him growing up. Like he you know wins the marathon. He's all smart and everything, but like he's wild and crazy. Like he's probably driving a motorcycle. I'm saying, you know, in the middle of you know <laughs> small French villages, off of a ridiculous quarry, and and then who is going to tell the gambling foreman that someone's been t- man? That is such a square right there, Picard. Ensign <laughs> Picard. And if I remember correctly, this episode takes place in like at a station, right? In, yeah, in, in Earhart Station. Yeah. So it's not like on because for, for a second I th- was thinking, oh, Boothby's in this episode. No, Boothby's not in this episode. <laughs> this is this is not on. on what it's Steve. not Starfleet Academy. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, but I'm looking outside. It's takes place on. Uh, it's just a it's a curtain. That's out. Well, you know, it's interesting because like I don't did they because uh, they alluded to Picard making a mistake at the academy that got him into trouble and that Boothby counseled him, but I guess they never did reveal what exactly what it was or where. He cheated on the Kobayashi Ooh. Maru. Oh wait, no, that's that's not Picard. No. All right, Picard making his move here. Oh yeah. I know they specifically casted an older actress <laughs> for this scene. I'm pretty sure, uh, <laughs> because they're supposed to be they're supposed to be 18 year olds, right? They're supposed to be graduates. Yeah. Right. Well, no, I mean that would be, that would make them like you know 21. Oh, you're right. No, you're right. But even then, would still be a little. Yeah, she does look like 17. <laughs> or I don't know. Once you reach a certain age, you really can't tell age anymore. They all look young. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, because I think what you were talking about earlier, Daniel, about changing things in your life, because I think with, with Picard and maybe with other people, I don't know, I know with me, like if you could change the bad thing, like, no, it seems obvious that that would obviously make your life better. And that's what Picard's thinking. Like, you know, then I'll have a real heart. Obviously, my life would be better. You know, what other possibilities could I not be thinking about other than wanting to be alive again? But, you know, you know, even if things seem bad now, like, you know, it, when you think about those mistakes in life, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now, that change may have made all the difference in, in creating that new path. And imagine if, if your mistake, none of us, none of us here and none of us listening have this to relate to. But imagine yeah. if your mistake led to you having a mechanical heart, like it led to you having a false heart and like it was like that was the mistake you made you would think oh my like how different would my life be if i didn't if i wasn't so headstrong if i wasn't so arrogant if i just if i had just done what i should have done if i had you know but we we get to this point where he he and the I mean, camera the pans and fades. And the, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I know it's hard to talk, Daniel, while Picard's making out with the 21-year-old. <laughs> the clothes on the floor. I love, like, this 19... I mean, I know it's not 1980s, but the 1980s soap opera, like, the camera pans. Oh, this is it. This is what This is what, this is what the censors <laughs> didn't want you to see, ladies and gentlemen. Cue giving Picard <laughs> umox. <laughs> Fully clothed. <laughs> And Picard covers his chest. I, like, I, I'm, pretty sure so I'm pretty sure that's the same reaction that Janeway has when when uh, Q, Q shows up bed. in her bed, right? Yeah. If she's wearing more, cl- he's, more clothes. He's not like the sheets are satin, Picard. <laughs> We're just friend. Oh, I love John Delancey does his Picard impression on this. This is such a good episode. This episode is phenomenal, and I just. And it's both. It's mostly because of their interaction. Like, like it's well, and it's it's a very. I mean, if you think about it, it doesn't have a lot of the the main cast. I mean, the forge is barely. Well, okay, I know we're getting to it, but I mean, like, there's a large chunk where it's not, and that's right, a very so different the, take. And, and even like, I mean, you could take La Forge out of it, but like, even Riker and Worf and all of them, but Beverly, like, really, we. I'm mean, actually. I guess we get like one scene with Riker and Troy when they're doing the the evaluations. But other than that one scene and like the establishing shot and the closing shot, we don't have anything with the other crew. It's a lot like, um, you know, the inner light in that way where it's like it's just a Picard centered episode. And the thing about, you know, Patrick, you have Patrick Stewart use Patrick Stewart, man. Like, why would you not do this? And this makes total sense why the writers did this. Awkward morning after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And he's oh. like, no, it'll be totally different now. We have Picard's, a serious relationship. <laughs> Picard's about to get stabbed in the heart right here, metaphorically. Yep. <laughs> I kind of regret what happens. I, I like how anytime you have to do an alien cantina, you always have to make it dark and foggy. That's the only way you can do an alien bar. That's the only, that's the rule. Philip, have you ever been to an alien cantina? Uh, well, I hear it's the most vile. Oh, wait, no. Don't talk yeah. about that. Darren doesn't allow it. Okay, okay, more <laughs> research. I was reading the wrong block. Uh, White is command, which makes sense that he'd be on the command track even though he never got there. And so oh. if she's gray, she's either navigation or comms. Oh. And orange would be um, helm. Oh, ginger. Super, super, yeah. Okay. Helm is its own track. See, 
I'm sorry, but Star Trek has to get its shit together. I'm th- I'm sorry, Darren, if you have to bleep that, but it really does. It really has to just establish just like an actual tract, which you have to do. C- command as a thing doesn't make oh, sense. I agree. I mean, I'm looking at the, co- it's like command, command, 2330s, command, 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 and then it, it goes to command helm and navigation. Then it's command no, yeah. helm. Like, it's like waste disposal, like polka and dot, paint. Command, command, command. And then like rainbow stripe is auxiliary control. Uh, and then like, vert- you know, how many are there? I just, I, I mean, I like the idea of colors that separate divisions. But the right. divisions are inconsistent, and they never really make sense. I, I mean, I guess we est- we we <laughs> in TNG establish it for the future series. But like, it, it, even then, it's kind of murky. And like, well, of course, then we mean? have like, well, security right after, and engineering being the same color, which is kind that's of the exactly same. right exactly. after this time. Right after this time area, actually, really close because this is <laughs> the in the twenty three fifties. I don't know why that makes me laugh. In the 2350s, you have engineering as yellow, comms as silver, security is like a dark green, services is blue, and after that, it's just operations orange. It's just like they're like, you know what? It's fractured too much. Let's just wrap it all up into uh, into one. No, that, that, like five or six different colors make way more sense to me than three separate colors. That makes no sense to me. But we've talked about that before because there's yeah. no there's no commanders in Starfleet. So you know you know we've <laughs> talked about this. I feel like there's no crying in baseball. I would have laughed exactly. if if the door opened like with the Deep Space Nine gear. There's like, look, we can't be bothered, you know. <laughs> so if you essentially, stick maybe human understand innuendo. Ha ha ha. Now the look of the Nausicaan reminds me a lot of uh, that one alien from um, Allegiance. Where he's locked oh, in the cell. Oh, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Essek. That's not the name Essek, of the species. Yeah. But um, it'll come to... Chalnoth, I think is what they're yeah. called. Wow! Philip! Wow, Philip 10, points 10 points for points Philip! Philip. <laughs> <laughs> and I love this. And I, and I do actually really like this scene is important and we should talk about it. About how um, essentially at this point, Picard is trying to prevent history from happening, right? And, the and fixed point in time, like, Daniel... I know. I really shouldn't say that. That is. We misleading. should write down that insult that Nasikin just hurled, so we can, you know, our friends won't even know. So this is where he learns his lesson. This is where you learn. I mean, you know, I have a personal. Uh, oh God, what's the word I'm looking for? A personal uh, preference. I'll say that personal preference towards Janeway, but her attitude towards time travel, I've got to say is pretty enlightened and makes a lot of sense to me where she's just like, just, just don't muck with time. (laughs) Just leave it alone. Like, so we get to find out right now what happens when you presumably go back. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. He's a blue (laughs) shirt. My favorite version of Picard. Oh God! So this is like the choose, not, him, choose, not physically, physically, not not not. This is your you choose know, your own adventure. Position. You chose. You were a long way from engineering. <laughs> and Do you guys I'm, remember oh, when um, this is embarrassing in Encounter in, in at Farpoint when Wesley showed up on the bridge and oh, we got that first person view of him? Oh yes, how could we forget? Oh, I feel like like we're. We're five minutes after that for Picard here. Like, that was his first time on the bridge, and he was totally shell-shocked. Now, and like, they said he's the assistant astrophysics officer, or is he assistant to the <laughs> astrophysics officer? Captain well, because we know, who the, we know who the senior physics officer is, so we definitely know who... Uh, he's not assistant to that person, Commander Darren. And also, like, <laughs> like you really... 
I don't know. So he's in, in like what sixty <laughs> years he's gotten promoted once, like once in sixty years. Like because yeah. is older than whatever. Like at least make him a lieutenant. <laughs> you know, he's older than the Enterprise C. Yeah, no, he's older than the <laughs> ship he's on right now. <laughs> Which isn't that old. So. I don't like Pulaski, but I actually think that's a missed opportunity for Pulaski uh, not to be the senior medical officer uh, in this scene. I think oh, that would have been, been great. That totally makes really sense. Really cool callback. That, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> like a super, like he was like, Beverly, there's something wrong with me. And it turns around and it's like, uh, Pickard? And he's like, no, one is my <laughs> she name. She calls the other him is Pickard. What <laughs> 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 is my name? <laughs> Pulaski oh. and Pickard. Q's explaining the boring, terrible, hell life of a blue shirt. <laughs> uh, junior uh. grade, and he's not even command. I mean, at least Jordy got to be on the bridge. <laughs> right. Yeah, he, he needs to get on the Jordy career track. That guy knows how to get promoted. Oh, man. He... he <laughs> He's, yeah, he he does. Oh, and here's no matter in this timeline, Riker and Troy still hella awkward. Yeah, I was just telling Ills her about for who I've everyone recently, that will make them but, like uh, me. <laughs> oh, of course, Lieutenant uh, Jean. <laughs> I'll let you men talk. Yeah, I think she just wanted to avoid talking to the awkward John Luke Picard. Well, he's the Barkley of the day. He just, you know, if you look around and no one's the Barkley, you're the Barkley. <laughs> you don't want to see Lieutenant Junior Grade Picard's holodeck programs. <laughs> Seasoned? That's a terrible thing to say to him. You have good, you're good pen, good punctual. Penship. He just called him punctual. <laughs> Which is universal for. I'm asking for a friend, but if my friend wanted to join command, <laughs> what would you say? Angry with Riker. He's a little angry with Riker. I mean, yeah, so this is all about, like, yeah, what, so I mean, it's not a universal construct of what makes a good leader, but at least what makes Picard a good leader. And it's it's almost yeah. like a Vulcanness well, to him that that it's it's that he's you know like a Vulcans they're not emotionless they just have many emotions almost too strong of emotions and that's what's present that's Picard that he does have this wild you know instinct but he knows how to use it. It's also really interesting if you take the scene as a microcosm. Oh oh, your title. reference. Yep. <laughs> um, you know t- to Picard as an inferior inferior that's wrong. Uh, well, whatever, a, a lesser officer, lower officer, subordinate, thank you, to Riker and Troy. And, like, it's interesting to see how they, the, you know, these actors play that scene out because, um, you know, P- like, Picard isn't playing Picard. Picard's playing Picard like Picard, a confused Picard. But uh, I think that Jonathan Frakes and Marina Sirtis are playing Picard like, oh, you're just a dude. You're just a guy that's a bald dude that's been under our command for a long, long time. And it's really interesting to see the actors play that in a different way, and it's fun to see them play with that. I also am confused on why the assistant astrophysics officer reports to the chief of engineering. But, you know. Yeah, well, we all know there's no chief blue shirts except for the chief medical officer. That guy in the background is wearing an 80s (laughs) outfit. I just want to point that out. It's purple and green in the bottom. Yes. There? Yeah, yeah. That is not 24th century at all. They're like, ah, that's all we got left in the wardrobe. There it is, LaForge to Lieutenant Picard. Oh, man, I got to work for LaForge. This is the darkest timeline. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
That guy is. I'm just gonna throw myself no, no, no. out in there. Seriously, seriously, and this actually irritates me a lot. We have never seen a blue shirt in engineering, not one <laughs> time, and it really upset. Even like um, Lieutenant, uh, well, my, from where no man has, where no one has gone before, um, the guy with the traveler. Wait. Well, he Wait, wasn't a lieutenant. Starfleet he, become tedious. Rank. Now he's not happy with Starfleet. I thought Starfleet was the best. That's right. Except if you're a blue shirt, then it's hell on earth. All right, guys. This is the best place, I think, to bring this up. Darren and Philip, what do you think? Has this been a hallucination? Has Picard, or I mean, has Q been giving Picard some sort of a dream state or showing him what if, what if? Is this like a you know, a, a snow globe situation where it's just, <laughs> it's a possibility of what could have been, or has, well, has it, Q it, transported him to a, an alternate universe or a separate timeline where Q, where Picard very well bubble. could have been. Right, exactly. Where, it, it, where he could have been this guy. It, it, what do you guys think? Because it's, I mean, really it's important what Picard learns from this episode. That's really the only underlying issue. But it, it's kind of it's kind of important for the the viewer watching the episode. Is 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 this real? Is is this reality that that uh, Q is giving him? I also just love that they're about to give Picard's biography here. That he took the you know saved an ambassador. He was in an away team. That he took over the Stargazer's bridge when his captain was killed. You just get Picard's entire like backstory in like five seconds here that's never been given before. <laughs> so he was uh, he was um, essentially George Kirk, is what is what's happening here. I dare you to I do, dare better, you to do better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it makes me think a lot of uh, like the inner light where basically within a matter of moments, you know, he lives another life. And that's except for this time, it's curated by Q well, who knows is, him. Isn't it interesting how many Q episodes involve like the ending where Picard basically has to like get on his knees and beg him. Like you have this one, you have um, uh, Q who. You know, basically, Picard has to, at, you know, you know, tell Q, like, you want me to say I need help? I need help! You know, and, you know, yeah. that, that, all this stuff. And so, it's it's interesting. But so look, need I remind you, need I remind you of Q less? By the way, points for remembering the episode um, where where Q has to get on his knees for for Picard. I'm just saying, I just wanted to say that because I remembered the episode name. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, well, you, you know Q-less is the Deep Space Nine episode. No, shoot! <laughs> See? I'm terrible at this. I'm so bad at this. Well, what is well, the episode? I mean, your hero, Picard, just said, you know, I'd rather die than live as a blue shirt. And oh, live boy. as that. Well, I also I mean, love how, like, okay, maybe not blue shirt, but as that man who didn't take chances. But uh, okay. Anyone who thinks Picard but, can't throw a punch, by the way, watch this scene that we're watching right now. Yeah. He takes on every oh, yeah. Nausicaan while his friends gets their butts kicked. And he practically <laughs> wins. <laughs> I know. He does. He really, really does. But no, no, no. But, but Philip, I want to hear your ideas, too. Like, what, what, what do you think? Like, is this... So, okay, okay. Right, let me... Real quick. I'm sorry, Philip. I, I know I just asked your opinion, but I also want to mention this. That there's a theory going around, right? In, in the first episode, in the Samaritan Snare, when we hear that he laughs... When he says he sees a blade through him, he's like, "I, I looked at it and I laughed." Um, that could be a, a kind of a temporal loop because now Picard is aware of what that means. Picard knows that if he sees a blade through him, he knows he'll become the man he needs to become. Uh, it's 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 just an important kind of 
part of the you have to decide what part of like do you guys think that 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 it, the laugh comes from it's it's a chicken or egg situation right chicken does it egg. come from the, the chicken and the egg we think it started in the past but it started right here in the future exactly uh, what's today's date exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i mean yeah well here's picard is asking the exact same yeah, question so is it exactly. a, was it a dream or is was it, it a cue ness and then riker's like ah it was a dream i'm dismissing one Tell me more about your dreams, because you always, I always tell you about mine. <laughs> yes, Riker, I mean, we could talk to you about that. And by the way, number one, we're going to talk about you and blue shirts, because I think you're being way too hard. <laughs> now, now, Daniel, to but be sir, fair, that wasn't me. to be fair, what shirt is Picard wearing right now? A gray shirt <laughs> with a gray shirt. red over it. That is a gray shirt. He's still ashamed He's of. so noncommittal. He never took the chances. <laughs> It's so so but really like really what do you guys think like what like take a drink when they says the title of the episode yeah. <laughs> title of the episode is is this is this episode is this a is this reality or is it a dream does it matter if you don't try, think it matters well, it, then that's fine it too it matters try remembering him Riker he looked a lot like he did now let me just tell you <laughs> <laughs> tell you the truth that wasn't the first one I had with Nosikans um, because Picard's a badass, everyone, by the way. Let me tell you. <laughs> Riker's like, like, tell me more, and like puts his hands under his chin. Um, and he drifts off. Anyway. <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna do a book report for the next Captain Picard's day. <laughs> that was but really that was actually a great ep- like that was a great ending because you know Picard like had done had done other things. But 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 really I actually yeah. do I really want to get to this well, point, I, I, by the way. I, mean, ever- I think it's important. I mean, and I mean, Picard obviously learns something from it. So, I mean, if only we all learned lessons from our hallucinations, dreams. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know. I it to me the interesting thing was like you know right, right after this episode like ends and he like tells Picard this story and then he wanders back to his quarters like maybe I should look up those two people again and be like how do you remember that day just just I'm asking you know for no reason at all um, and they're all like I don't know what you're talking about. Um, and, and, and then the girl They're won't take his call because it's still awkward. Eighty-five years later, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know whether it is real or not. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like this is a cop out, but doesn't matter. I guess would be my answer. That's fine. That's fine. What about you? What about you, Darren? Yeah, I think you know, but yeah, it's just such a good episode. What did um, it happen? Uh, you know, I think. I don't think it happened. I think it's the closed loop scenario where it's just he experienced what he needed to experience. And because we have the character Q who knows and, and likes Picard so well, you know, he can actually tailor this situation to him. Uh, but, uh, well, I've always, you know, it's considered the relationship to be like a master and his beloved. pet. Well, <laughs> well, it makes me think of like uh, future imperfect where like, you know, it's that false future where Riker, you know, is now captain and, and, you know, certain things are going on. I mean, you know, that was a hallucination of another being uh, or like Thomas Riker when he comes, you know, on, it's like, there's a lot of the times that we interject into our crew, you know, with kind of that, what if type question. Um, but yeah, but no, I don't think this actually happened. I think if he, went back and found those people, they'd be like, yeah, what are you talking about? That's nothing I mean, straight. I mean, you got speared through the heart. Did you forget? Well, like, cause my argument <laughs> would be like, if it really happened, then you have to ask yourself that 
you know, so he backed to the future in the beginning of this episode, but then he backed back <laughs> to the future. So, but he'd backed back to the future later than when he first went there. So that means he changed time. Like, he literally changed time. Like, he told the friends not to do it. He slept with the girl. And that no, the only thing that he okay. changed was then, like, at the last minute, he's like, you guys really should, oh, never mind, I'm going to kick this guy's butt. You know, that's all that changed that was different the second time around. Mm. All right. So I am right now. So, so is he back? So is it he did he Marty McFly it where he gets back and he's now got the four by four and the girls are going out with him. <laughs> exactly. His parents just had a book like, deal. It's like you're fading on a Polaroid picture. It's the same thing. <laughs> exactly. In fact, I'm actually going to be in the between you guys and I'm going to be the J.J. Abrams apologist <laughs> for this episode. I'm going to say that it that it didn't necessarily happen in Picard's past or in Picard's future. But it happened in his present. Oh, the Picard experienced this reality, and it was very real to him, and it meant something to him. But he didn't change anything about the past. N- whether or not that means it was a alternate timeline or or something like that, I guess that's probably what it would be, right? So Picard's going along, uh, and he and he gets t- shot in the heart. And Q's like, oh, Shot by the way, the I can to say it straight. <laughs> um, but it doesn't change anything in the past. Q shows him an alternate future or an alternate past slash alternate future that could have happened. Uh, I mean, really, if it was if if we were to go with canon. If 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 it was the actual alternate future, Picard would have been war- wearing one of those red uniforms from Star Trek 09 when they were sitting in the the you know in Starfleet Academy there, which actually would have been awesome because I really like well, those. I uniforms. thought you were going to say, Daniel. According to canon, in parallels, every choice we make does happen so that they all exist. Yeah. Well. Okay. <laughs> we only have so much time, Philip. <laughs> so. Um... Don't have time. To- but it is a great episode. It really, I mean, I love this episode. I think it's, uh, for, you know, for season six to, 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 to take everything from history that we know into account and kind of try to lead it into the future, but also like say, what if? Like, where, where does Picard come from? Like, we know Kirk. We've seen, especially in season six, we've seen Kirk's whole arc. And what makes Picard Picard? What makes him different than Kirk? And we get to see it here. We get to say, this is where he learned his lesson. And what if he just didn't? What if he didn't just didn't take that lesson? And and it's really interesting. It's a really compelling story, I think. Tapestry is not the only thing we had potentially been talking about in the future. This past week, next week, on Trek FM. So here's another look at what you may have missed next week, last time on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. Set this movie at the end of the five-year mission. Skip ahead five years, you know, kind of like Dark Knight or whatever, and then Mm -hmm. say, okay, we've had all these adventures, blah, 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 and now we're at the end. We're about to go home, you know, and it's been a a fun time was had by all. Earl Grey. Again, you know, because it's... January. My ship was shot beyond the bounds of normal interstellar travel <laughs> to the center of the galaxy, but we were back in time for tea. The orb. They're they're not even right. thinking about it at this point 
okay, how yeah, do we well, exactly. start the resistance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do we do all this? Yeah. Because they have become comfortable with where they are and thinking yeah. that they're doing all they can. And yet right. we know as the audience that they're not. To the journey! I want you to say right now in front of our, our friends, okay? And in front of me and the Lord Almighty, <laughs> what is your favorite season? Okay, this isn't the favorite season. I want you to tell me what your favorite <laughs> season is. <laughs> Daniel, Daniel and Darren, promise we won't ever be like this. The Ready Room. So what's the deal? You know, does Tom have a dad we don't know about? Apparently. Because who <laughs> was this was guy that he was remembering yeah, as his know, dad? Was that Nick Lacarno's dad? <laughs> that was Nick Lacarno's dad, yes. Commentary, Trek stars. But I mean, oh, here's yeah. the question, John. If if you're living Fight Club, then you know we have to ask: if you could fight anyone, who would you fight? William Shatner. All right. Literary treks. The main storyline here is the battle for the Vulcan soul. They are one of the most logical races, and yet they have an intensely spiritual aspect to them. Axonar, the official podcast. You were there. Mm. How long did we wait for them to try and reach that? Phone? Oh man, it was it was it was at least as long as the Enterprise penetrating V'ger's <laughs> outer shield to getting into the actual machine core. The six oh two club. So, as far as the realism question is concerned, um, whether or not it's the right thing to do, it's the Marvel way to do it. I mean, I think that's the that's the defining difference between Marvel and DC. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So you can check out all these shows and get in on the Daily Trek Talk. You'll find them in iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows Podcast Directory for Xbox and Zune, or you can stream from the website. Basically, you can find them anywhere. Just visit trek.fm slash pd for podcast directory to get all the links. And if you would like to contact us to share your thoughts on today's show, just go to trek.fm slash contact. From there, choose Send to Show, and of course, select Earl Grey. These messages will be emailed to the three of us personally. Finally, in social media, you'll find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm and on Twitter under username trek.fm. Our new listener discussion group is called The Babel Conference, found by typing The Babel Conference, of course, into the Facebook search field, so you can find us there. Please support our sponsor, Audible.com, who helps us bring Earl Grey to you each week. Audible is a great way for you to read all of the books you've always wanted to read, but never thought you'd have time for. Audible is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from, and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers, and even some of the most famous Star Trek books, like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice, along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today, catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read, and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and all of Trek FM. And lastly, there's one more way you can directly help us keep Earl Grey coming to you each week, and that is through becoming a patron of Trek FM. By visiting www.patreon.com slash trekfm, you can choose among various pledge levels and receive rewards for becoming a Trek FM patron. These rewards let you inside the observation lounge of our network and make it possible for us to distribute all of our great content. So please become a Trek FM patron and visit 
www.patreon.com slash trekfm today. All right, Philip, if if our our fans wanted to talk to you about how the Nausicaan moon blew up in Star Trek VI, but nobody cared at all, how would they get a hold of you? Well, they can reach me at domjot. That's, D- oh, I mean, uh, at uh, NC Public Servant on Twitter. That's NC for North Carolina. And Darren, what about the merits of Captain Halloway versus Captain Jellico? Where would they get a hold of you if they wanted to talk about that? Uh, they can find me in my extra large ready room on the right side of the bridge. Is that the Voyager one? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, under username Dr. Sci-Fi on Twitter, that's D-R-S-E-I-F-I. And you can find me as Captain of the Blue Shirts, um, and that is on Twitter, at 1UpDan. That is the number one, not the word. I'm now picturing, like, Marty McFly comes home in the future, and it's like, Captain of the Blue Shirts, King of the Castle, Master <laughs> of the House. <laughs> Had a lot of Back to the Future references. In I thought that was a Lay Miz one, too. That was... All right, guys, since we're talking about possible alternative histories and futures here, you can. I'm going to go hang out with my first mate, Charlene Schmidt, and my second officer, uh, Mike Schindler. But so you guys can catch me next week here on Old Grey. Engage. Dom Jot. Experience peace. Fire. <laughs>